You're listening to StudiaCast, a podcast created because a few dedicated Studia shippers decided that canon just isn't enough. In order to quench our extreme thirst, we review and discuss the hidden gems of Studia fanfiction. We hope to introduce the fandom to new material while supporting talented authors. This is StudiaCast. Hello and welcome to StudiaCast, the podcast where a group of passionate Studia fans share some love and adoration for the works of fanfic dedicated to our favorite couple to be in canon, Style <laughs> Solinsky and Lydia Martin. As you may have noticed, although I am indeed one of the Rachels in StudiaCast's little flock of Rachels, I am not your usual brand. My Tumblr URL is It's Always Lydia, and I'm taking over hosting duties this episode for reasons that will become apparent rather soon. And I am joined today by Corey, and my URL is Saving Skiles on Tumblr. I'm Maggie, and I'm Red String Dancy on Tumblr. And I am also Rachel, and I am MadGrad2011 on Tumblr. So, our fic today was voted on by you readers, and like Never Love a Wild Thing by Brella, this fic has certainly made its mark in the city of fandom. It's a little work, you may have heard of it, called Move Like You're Stolen by Writer Girl 8 on AO3, also known as Rongasm on Tumblr, also known as Rachel, the one who founded CityCast. And she gets to sit here and squirm while we discuss her fic. <laughs> <laughs> We're all laughing mechanically behind the scenes here. Yeah, she's got her sound muted, but. Just as an added layer of entertainment, imagine her sitting there listening to us speak about <laughs> this fanfic that she put so much love into. Um, so the premise for this fic is a series of encounters, let's call them, that Styles and Lydia share at various weddings um, of the pack members in Scott McCall's pack. So I feel as though to keep things as simple as possible, we're just going to kind of go through and talk about our favorite moments from all of the weddings. Like, what are your guys' favorite wedding moments? So the first wedding is Kira's. <laughs> Not to Scott McCall, we should say. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. I love that, that she chose to have Kira marry somebody else. And one of my favorite parts of this this particular section and this wedding are it's just how well she wrote the female friendships. I love how she writes Kira, oh, yes. I love how she writes Malia. It just like you get the sense that even though Lydia hasn't been part of their lives necessarily for a couple of years, that they still care for each other and she was able to capture all of their voices really, really well. Oh my goodness. I agree entirely kira is just so adorable and full of light she's like the least bridezilla bridezilla ever yeah. and i thought it was funny that lydia sort of took on that role because she's like you know snapping at other bridesmaids like why do we pick this color dress why do we pick this cut dress malia don't rip your dress apart like kira if your hair falls it's not my fault like it's so it's so perfect it's the voices of all these three characters rachel you nailed it like Malia trying to make her dress into a romper. <laughs> and then it tangling around her ankles when they finally convince her, like, not to wear it as a romper. Like, it's just, uh, A1. <laughs> I love that so much. I just wanted to say I love the first encounter between Lydia and Styles and how, like, oh, it just killed me, like, after years of not seeing each other. And, like, he, like, finally looks up and notices her, like, walking down the aisle, and his mouth just kind of pops open. And I think there's a line that says, like, 
she must seem like to him like he's seeing a ghost you know because she's like part of a past and something that was like he thought he put behind him but they're suddenly like thrust together in the present again and I love that so after Kira's wedding the next wedding is Danny's um (laughs) you get lots of high school drama in Danny's wedding (laughs) yes and a lot of pain (laughs) I feel like like (laughs) Danny, Danny and Ethan's wedding um one of my favorite lines from that portion is when um Rachel put in a little bit about how Scott and Stiles whoop and holler extra loud as if trying to accommodate for the roar that Aiden would have emitted had he been able to attend his twin's wedding. I was like, oh, thanks. Oh, my God. Thanks for that dagger to my heart. Right? (laughs) And I also really loved how Stiles was there for Lydia and noticed her discomfort um, in terms of her interacting with Jackson again. And... I believe it's in this wedding that she first kind of brings up this this idea that she feels broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Styles makes her feel slightly less broken, mm-hmm. and it's the little things that he does for her that kind of brings her back to herself. Um, she says the line is, "She feels for no reason at all, like she's been wrecked by something, ruined." But Styles is dancing slightly offbeat, and it makes Lydia smile, wakes her up makes her remember at the exact moment that she needs to that there isn't any one thing that could ruin Lydia Martin. Mm. Which I love. Yeah, I have that line uh, italicized in my notes as well, um, continuing into the next paragraph. And for the first time since she was a teenager, she feels like she has achieved slightly less broken. And one of the reasons that I love this entire moment, like with the Dancing with Styles within the scene of singing Werewolves of London with Scott and Styles, is that I really love this moment, not just for that line, but because I really, I love where it came from. It's a silly scene between Scott, Styles, Lydia, and even Danny just goofing around to torment Jackson at Danny's wedding. And like, how beautiful a sentence is that? Like these characters who have been around since the first season, just being absolutely ridiculous and silly at somebody's wedding. That's so fun and that Lydia feels like you know she's not broken anymore from it like it's not this big like it feels like a big moment to her but it's it's a silly little moment that makes her feel this sort of peace I think it's like you know having this moment after the culmination of like the drama that was high school and all of the terror and the pain that they all went through together and like now that they're at a friend's wedding and they're just dancing together and enjoying the moment. And that is like so profound and simple and it really just helps calm and like bring that peace that she was missing in high school. Um, the moment with Jackson and the werewolves of London song is my favorite <laughs> moment from that wedding. It's so fucking funny. Like, oh my God, I love how they're all like waving their arms and like pointing at Jackson like, ah, and he's so fucking uncomfortable. Oh, I live. Like, it was just so amazing. Um, I love the way that Rachel Rongasm wrote Jackson in this fic. It was so in character. It was hilarious. Just how he like snaps at the waiter and is like, you can leave that tray here and like just you know, totally in his element, even though it's not his place to be. And, you know, that's so Jackson. I love the way he was written. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen to Jackson being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
any more takers on Danny's wedding? Just one. Um, this is the okay. first time where we go like, okay, it comes back a couple of times. There's a couple of like motifs or like themes in this in this pic, and one of them that I like to bring up and that I like uh, two of them actually here that start are styles and fruity drinks because yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's in my that's in my notes as well. <laughs> and then the other one is every every time that a wedding well this is the first time it happens in the fic but Allison is everywhere. And so this is the first time that they mention Allison and that it feels wrong that she's not with them. And I'll t- we should touch on it again later, but this oh, is the first time it comes up. And oh, we'll really be talking about later Allison later. <laughs> we uh, will yeah. be talking about Allison You can later. trust me, we will talk about Allison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think all of us can agree that she is an honorary character in this fic in the way that she's woven through the stories. Yeah, For sure. So she will not be forgotten. Uh, now nor never. So the next wedding is Derek and Brayden, and let's just take a moment and ponder on the intense canonness that is this relationship and this inevitable marriage. You cannot tell me that the reason Derek Hale hasn't been seen on Teen Wolf is because he has not been trying to find a respectable place for him and Brayden to settle down. <laughs> and in the meantime, he has definitely taken up knitting. To, you know, give them some nice quilts for the winter because it's probably going to get cold. I bet they're going up north in the mountains. You cannot convince me otherwise. Derek Hale is Mr. Mom about to just burst forth upon his marriage to Brayden. This is, like, <laughs> absolutely so perfect for both of them. This, the way this, that uh, Rachel decided to make this wedding is that it's, they went to a courthouse and signed papers. Like, yep. it's so perfect for Derek <laughs> and Brayden, and I love it so, so, so much. Like, oh, I just, I love that idea. I totally agree, Corey. That was one of my favorite bits, too, is just that the fact it is so Derek and so Brayden that they just go to the courthouse. Like, I, I love that. So in character. Yes, definitely. Um, and obviously, super in character. Absolutely love it. Lydia is devious when she gets ready for this wedding because even though it's so low-key and it's up in Maine and they're close to nature, Lydia's wearing a dress with cutouts, no bra, and some special occasion underwear. <laughs> Girl, get it. <laughs> a woman after my own heart. I love it. <laughs> one, one of my favorite lines from that section is um, the one where Styles. Like, when she's basically told Styles that they can have tonight, he can have her right now kind of thing. And um, he slides his fingers into the cutouts of her dress. <laughs> when I read that, <laughs> when I read that the first time, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with myself. That's one of the sexiest things I've ever read. Like It's all happening. It's before we even got to the actual sex scene. So. I know. I, I actually have it, like, in my notes. It's like, which room she demands when his fingers find the cutouts in her dress again, sneaking inside of them so that his hands can wrap all the way around her waist. And it's like, okay, we know Stella's hands are big, but Rachel, why did you have to have to have to include that? Now I'm, like, dying and it's not even <laughs> like that. Like, I'm, like, thrilled we're talking about this dress because, like, for some reason it was, like, one of the standout visuals in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that dress, like, I thought about it a lot and... Speaking of visuals, I just, like, really loved just the whole scene where they're just sitting there enjoying the drinks by the ocean and, like, really talking and, like, sharing, like, 
a bowl of salty nuts between them. I don't know how to phrase it, but it was literally salty nuts, no pun intended. And it's like, um, I don't know, like the visual of it was just so interesting and beautiful to me. And then continuing from that visual, the visual of Styles' B&B room. Oh was, my God. Yeah. yeah. That's the uh, motif is in capital letters in my notes. <laughs> would anyone like to say it? What What would you uh, describe Styles' as B&B room like? Imagine that a B&B is around where I live. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> there, there are a lot of cats. There are a, a lot, lot of cats. It's like cats. the ninth circle of hell run by a cat. It gives me like awkward turtle vibes. <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah. And they're like ready to go. They're they you know they do the dramatic kick open of the door. They're entering the B and B room, and there are cat eyes sewn onto every surface, looking at them. And uh, speaking like you're right, great visuals. Ten out of ten. Would have nightmares about this later. Okay, I just want to jump back for a second because um, to Lydia, it's, this whole wedding feels like a date with Styles, mm-hmm. and not yeah. just a date. It feels like she stepped in, like she had the distinct impression that she was about to be stepping into a relationship, mm-hmm. and then eventually, like throughout this, it, they don't. But it's almost like they have like that first wall of Lydia has come down, and so it's like the first thawing of her before they get to more of this later. <laughs> and so it, it's like one of my favorite parts of, of this fic is that she's like, okay, we're finally going to step, we're going to cross this boundary and I'm not going to let anything else pass for now. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not willing to go farther than just to sleep with him for now. Oh, yeah. hmm Definitely. This is, like you said, this is the first wall coming down. She's getting ready and doing stuff specifically for him and they're going to sleep together and it's going to be a thing that runs through the fic. Um, um, I guess I'll sleep with Styles Delinsky. Right? Oh, All of us should be, any of us should be so unfortunate. Um, <laughs> so now we're going to go to, I, I'll say infamous, because it may have been read aloud at HowlerCon, but Isaac's wedding, it's just so cute to me because, you know, Styles is late to the wedding. Lydia's like, what the hell? Styles is late to this wedding after this huge wall has come down at Derek and Braden's wedding. And eventually he gets there, and Isaac is super nervous, and for the first time, Scott has brought a date to the wedding, and then these two idiots start playing MASH. And I love that. Does anybody ever still play MASH? Like, I know that that was a thing when we were younger, but, like, is that still a thing? I want to know. But, I like, I love that they're the ones playing it. It's still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There, it's this wedding where there's been a really kind of long stretch of time, right? It's yeah. like over a year, a year yeah. and a month. Yeah. Um, so, which of course yeah. I think just leads to that, um, like that more of that tension and and Lydia really having to consider what kind of bringing down one of her walls with Styles means in the long run, mm-hmm. and the fact that she's able in this in this portion to admit that she misses him and that she missed him and she missed him physically and emotionally and it's at this wedding that she finally kind of says okay I really like Styles 
and I want style, but I want to be sure that I want to be with him. So she, it actually, in this section, she says she's not walking into anything with Style Stalinsky until she knows that it's the final page of this book. She's not going to start something unless she's certain that it's the beginning of the sequel. She's not going to do that to him. So I think this section in particular is really a turning point for Lydia, where she acknowledges really what she feels for Style and also kind of what she needs, of course, before she can move forward. Um, and it's really, a, I think, a very selfless kind of approach to the, her relationship with Styles and, and her feelings for him. Um, and I also, I, I really want to talk about Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Izzy is a force to be reckoned with, and I absolutely love it. She's presented as a complete character, which is how Lydia sort of is getting to meet her at this wedding, because um, like Rachel said, it's been a year and three months at Derek and Braden's wedding, Scott isn't dating. He doesn't do casual. Now he's bringing a girl to a wedding. And not only that, like, I think it's mentioned in this one that they're getting engaged. They're, they're, they're engaged. Is that how it happens? It's like three months until their wedding. Yeah. So oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Izzy just kind of comes onto the scene fully formed. And Lydia, who has met her in Skype calls, is just kind of, seeing her for the first time and Izzy already seems to know entirely what Styles and Lydia are about which is so good and I know this character is very near and dear to the author's heart mm-hmm. um she Izzy produces one of my favorite lines in this entire fic which is um when she's speaking to Lydia about Styles and she's kind of grilling Lydia like mm-hmm. what are you doing like are you doing this on purpose do you want to be with him and she drops the line, you know, he's living wedding to wedding. Meaning, like, that he's literally just waiting for the next wedding to, like, be with Lydia and have this moment, this incomplete moment, but a moment nonetheless, just, you know, waiting so long for her. And that just killed me. Like, reading that line, ugh, it, like, it destroyed me. But, yeah, Lizzie was, like, so phenomenal. And um, I... I just wanted to go back to the mash because, God damn it, like, I love that scene so much. <laughs> when Styles, like, I just loved everything about that scene, like, how he started singing, like, uh, Justin Timberlake. And I loved it. I loved that when he wrote his name down, like, I calmly went to go set myself on fire. Like, I could not <laughs> I believe he did, he did that. Too. Right? Yes. It was so incredible. And, like, oh, my God, I love that mash scene. It was the best. Yeah, and all the Harry Potter banter. Yes. Shout out to Harry Potter, always and forever. (laughs) So good. Yeah, Isaac's wedding and Derek's wedding were the two standouts for me. Like, I loved loved their wedding so much. Uh, Are we going to not talk about the main reason why we read Isaac's wedding out loud at Halloween? Oh, yeah. Can we? Because it's also one of my favorite parts about this entire chapter. So... Uh, Lydia and Styles are seated at what is dubbed fondly the singles table, fondly. and <laughs> and to distract Lydia from what the other people at the table are talking about, mostly it kind of ends up going back into her past um, as the crazy girl of Beacon Hills and how it affected these people from another town. And Styles decides that he's going to calmly distract Lydia. Maggie, would you like to share how how calmly he distracts Lydia? You guys, (laughs) 
he fingers the hell out of Lydia under the table, and it is amazing. Like, <laughs> A-plus smut, you guys. A-plus. So, so good. Like, yeah. I, I just I just want to say that, that Rachel, like, in, in her notes, she comments, she's like, I'm sorry for this smut. Don't be sorry! This smut is, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh. All of it. All of it throughout the entire fix. It's just like, yes. Quality smut. Yeah, exactly. The thing that I love about Rachel Smut in particular is that it's like smut with a backbone. <laughs> it has like depth to it and mm-hmm. it has like there's so much emotional depth in her smut and like oh, yeah. yes, it's like absolute like filth. Thank you, Jesus. But mm-hmm. also like So much emotion it, running through it. Yes, so much emotion and it just propels the story forward. It's not it's not the only smut. thing getting propelled forward. <laughs> 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 yeah, like exactly, Maggie. It's not just smut for smut's sake. It, it yes. propels the story. Although that forward. itself is wonderful too. Right. But. Don't stop writing <laughs> smut, kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I love about Rachel's writing is that she's not only good at capturing characterization and dialogue and banter, I think she's just so good at prose. And even during the smut scenes, the prose is so on point that it just be. I mean, you're there with the characters and you're feeling the emotions that they're feeling and it's beautiful. Like, you don't feel... Like, there's some smut where you're like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. It's all red, terrible smut and just yeah. start for life. But this is like, you read it and you're like, God, like, this is this is a work of art. Like, it's mm-hmm. beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And wow, this, scene... this smut flows so nicely. <laughs> I think like every time I read her, it's like wow, it's like flowing so nicely. Like I love it. Yeah. Good stuff. It goes into Rachel Madgrad's moment that she quoted earlier, which is, um, you know, she's thinking that she wants Style Solinsky when she, as long as she's sure that this is the end, this is going to be you know, who she wants to end up with forever. But that's sort of triggered by him saying, like, him, you know, giving her a wonderful time at the singles table. And then she says, oh, do you want to go back up to the hotel room? Basically saying, you want your turn, reciprocation. And he says, no, I just want to dance with you. And that just kind of, like, with dancing with her, where he's dancing offbeat to distract her from the stuff with Jackson, it kind of floors her, and she just has to take another step back and another wall slowly comes down. So it's just the emotion through every scene, whether it's smutty, whether it's fluffy, whether you're laughing, it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can I cannot emphasize that enough. I feel like we're gonna emphasize it some more, but <laughs> let it be known. I feel yeah. like fix, like you can't you can't emphasize it enough. And sometimes she's just like I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand why you guys love my fix so much. And then you just want to shake her because it's like, God, they're gorgeous. Like, how can you not, like, how do you not realize just how beautiful your work is? With regret, we must move along from my wedding. I mean, Isaac's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To Scott's wedding, which I'm like, you guys... This I'm not going to say that I cried, but I teared up like a little bitch, a.k.a. a grown woman who appreciates emotions and strong friendships, okay? Like, 
Scott's wedding is probably my favorite. I'm going to lay that one out on the table right now. It's beautiful. It's definitely, I think, one of the most, like, breathtaking weddings, for sure. As in, literally, I couldn't breathe this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And, of course, you know, it's just... And I think the moment that sort of really cemented that for me is how tight the bond is shown to be between Styles, Lydia, and Scott, but most importantly, between Styles and Scott. I mean, Lydia has a line that she thinks to herself, uh, after all, it's not every day your brother gets married. And she's thinking about that while prepping, basically, herself and Styles for Scott's wedding. But it just, it hits you. This wedding hits you hard on so many different reasons, with so many different characters, not just you know, the main three of Styles, Scott, Lydia, and then Izzy. Um, it's just, God, if we could do talk about this this one wedding for a single podcast, I would, because I have so much to say about it. I love it so much. Someone else talked before. I cry. <laughs> um, I'm already crying, so I'm not even I know, like, I'm already tearing up. I just want to say, in typical fashion, I love the moment where... They all paused at the altar, Styles, yeah. Scott, and Lydia. The line, they all paused and breathed her in, and it was Allison, and they all just, like, took a moment to, like, a moment of silence and respect for their fallen friend. And, yeah, I remember the first time I read that, I literally, like, I just put the computer down and stared at a wall for, like, ten minutes because I, like, could not deal. It was so beautiful and, like so delicate and poignant and like oh my gosh it it, it just like ripped my heart mm-hmm. open like it was so beautiful this that was one of my favorite moments mm-hmm. honestly and then one of my other favorite moments is when Lydia is talking to uh Chris Argent and they have like it's like this moment I don't remember the exact quotes because I didn't write them down because I'm an idiot but um <laughs> it, it's basically like this has felt like it's been the wrong, like the wrong wedding because yes. it's not Allison's wedding, and then it's like it like carries my heart open right open again, and like it's <sighs> yeah. I actually for that moment, um, yeah. I wanted to share something that happened at HowlerCon, and I don't know if the three of us, meaning myself, Rachel, or Maggie, have talked about it, but one of the last questions that a fan asked at the the group panel where all the guests were there was what was the pivotal changing moment in your character's arc? And Jared Uh, said something like unimaginable, catastrophic grief and loss. And I feel like in that conversation between Lydia and Chris, Rachel captured that emotion and how uncomfortable it is in the presence of somebody else's happiness to like still be happy for Scott, but to still feel like that, that grief and loss, it's never going to go away. It's never going to leave Chris. He'll be happy for Scott, you know, no matter what he does, probably forever. But Mm -hmm. there's always going to be some part of him that wants Scott to achieve all these things with his daughter by his side. And he even says, is it, you know, is it wrong to want to take away this girl's happy ending just so Allison could live? And Lydia tells him it's not. And I, feel as though even though that's super uncomfortable to say especially because again I know that Izzy uh is a beloved author creation of Rachel's but she can acknowledge that for for everybody is that you know it's gonna feel really hard without Allison no matter what that's why it's so important that in Scott's wedding especially you feel her presence and you feel her there 
And you can't even imagine what that would be like to experience in actuality. But just that understated moment with Chris is probably one of my favorite bits of writing, of dialogue from this fic. Yeah. It just literally feels so real and raw. And, like, because it's, she's saying, you're human. It's, it's not, you're not, I don't know how to put it into words properly, but it's basically just, like, you're you're going to feel these emotions no matter what and what's going on around you and it's it's okay to feel that way and it just felt so genuine and so real and I just uh I couldn't handle how great that writing was <laughs> and I think that scene too is so important because it allowed Lydia to acknowledge um the effect that Allison had on her life and then also just acknowledge that grief that she still feels and it, and by comforting Chris Argent, she's also kind of giving herself permission to grieve in that moment too, and be like, "Yeah, I like I I love Izzy, but part of me wishes it was it was Allison still, you know." And it's one of my so favorite, yeah, uh, one of my favorite lines. I have a lot of favorite lines. This fix just so good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but I love in this part where um, it's during the ceremony and the the word partnership or partner gets brought up, and it really resonates with Lydia. And she says, because out of all the men in her life, Styles has always been the one who most felt like a partner. She can't claim that either of them are better or worse, more flawed, less flawed. They have skills in similar areas and skills in differing areas, and they fight constantly, but they agree just as much. For all of these years, with 3,000 miles between them, they have somehow been together the entire time. Partners. And I just think that totally embodies <laughs> Styles and Lydia's relationship. And for her to have that moment during the ceremony, when she's looking over at them and there's all of this emotion, um, I think it's just, again, another <laughs> indication that there's another wall kind of coming down. And she's she's coming into this sense that, okay, maybe I'm getting closer to, to finally being on that final page or ready for my sequel with Styles. Mm-hmm. And Styles has that moment, too. He says that he feels the shift in his relationship with Scott and that, you know, he's the guy stuck in the burning building instead of him and Scott going back to save Izzy if the three of them are stuck. But then he says, you know, I thought I'd feel more left behind today. And then he says, but then I came home with you and you got ready for bed with me and we brushed our teeth together and I don't feel like I'm left behind anymore. So he, you know, after watching that shift between Scott and his relationship, and he's not devastated by that. And instead he notices that his relationship with Lydia has sort of quietly shifted as well. And he's, it's like both of these pieces are settling where they should be. You know, Scott has his most important person, you know, above Styles. Styles is able to be with his most important person in some way outside of Scott. <laughs> Becky. <laughs> was that you? <laughs> that, was, that was it. But I just wanted to end Scott's wedding with like one last tidbit because I do love it so much. Um, I think that when I was coming up with ideas for my favorite wedding, I had some other answers and I was just kind of kidding myself because you cannot deny the amount of love you can feel from the characters and for the characters in the writing of Scott's Wedding. And despite all of us being here for Styles and Lydia, like Stydia cast, you can't really deny that. 
I'm pretty sure we can all agree that one of the things we want most from Teen Wolf is a happy ending for the for the main character, for Scott McCall. And that this wedding really gave us that. Yes. I have so much Welsh fulfillment, but I loved it so much, so I, <laughs> I can't even, like, be angry. <laughs> so moving on to Stephanie's wedding. <laughs> I'm having a crisis right now, but it's okay. <laughs> Stephanie is who Rachel has dubbed Lydia's older sister. A well-known fandom secret. Lydia originally was going to have an older sister. She kind of ended up getting the boot because they couldn't find a good place to put her in. But she exists in this fic, and her name is Stephanie. And in the trope that I have been waiting my entire life for Teen Wolf to do, Styles and Lydia are going to pretend that they're dating so no one will bother Lydia about why she's single at almost 30. So <laughs> from the emotional upheaval and sort of catharsis of Scott's wedding to fake dating tropes, sign me the fuck up. I am here. <laughs> It was, it was awesome to see that little trope because obviously we all live for it. It's like one of the best tropes out there. Um, but it was also really great to, it was really funny. Well, not funny. It was interesting to see how everyone, uh, each person that met, like met styles at that wedding until we got to like one of her aunts. that was like, how are you doing Lydia? And Lydia's like, talking about her um what she's doing with her job and everything is like and who is this and she's like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> lydia, is, lydia is very successful you guys and none of her family members seem to care they don't care yeah that yeah that really resonated <laughs> with me because it's like you know especially in the the discipline that lydia went into that's really kind of the attitude that most of her colleagues, at least male colleagues, probably have towards her as well because they don't know her and don't realize that she's a genius and appreciate her for everything that she is because she's amazing. Um, but I think that having that in there about her family, it's something that everybody can relate to because we've all had things that we're really proud of and accomplishments that we want to talk about and really share with family members, but they don't necessarily care. And I think especially as females, you always have those family members who are like, so do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend yet? You know, like, they're always asking about your significant other. So I, I that particular scene, that, it really resonated with me. And yeah. poor Lydia, Styles is a lawyer. <laughs> so it's not like he can say, you know, oh, you know, I'm a janitor. Not to talk bad about janitors, but when your partner has a PhD and then the, the family is asking, you know, what you do and you say, like a lawyer, they're instantly impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so poor, poor thing. She's worked so hard, and Styles has worked so hard, but it's always gonna. It's always about his achievements and what a catch he is. <laughs> and that's the thing about Lydia Martin. Like, she has always been underestimated by everybody, including her own family. And it just puts me right back at season one when I read that when nobody understood her and like not even like her parents and the people who thought they knew her best but Styles did Styles is the only one from the very beginning and it just blows my mind and you know it's sad to read that like she's almost 30 years old and she's still like completely misunderstood and disregarded in her family and no one understands like what a real gem she is and um it makes me think of that line one of my favorite lines from this chapter was when she was kind of ranting to Styles as they were going back to the room, and she's like, 
I'm just that trophy wife that everyone expected me to be and I'm nothing more to anybody. And, you know, that just really like struck a chord with me because, you know, everybody just saw Lydia as just as a beautiful girl. And like, yeah, she is beautiful, but she's so much more than that. And oh my God, it's just still dealing with this at 20 something. Yes. You would think that people would learn, but it makes me think of that line um, that Lydia says, um, well, if you ask me and no one ever asks me, you know, in, in the TV show. And it just, oh, my God, Lydia, I love you so much. Like, I'm over here supporting you. <laughs> Lydia, you have a cheering section right here. I'm sure all of these cast is just a Lydia Martin, like, fangirling. That's mostly what it is. <laughs> no shame. No, like, no shame. Kind of jumping off what Maggie was saying, I think that, that scene in particular with her family and then knowing that Styles has seen her for who she really is for, you know, the majority of her life, I think that allows her to really become vulnerable with him. And probably my favorite, my favorite scene in the entire fic, which is, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to lay it out there and be like, yeah, okay, this is my favorite, um, is when she admits that she was in love with him. And he's like... (laughs) Okay, first of all, like, kisses on the stomach, get me. Like, I just, I just, Ugh, I can't handle stomach this. Stomach kisses in my life. And the fact that one of those is in that scene, I'm just like, oh, my God. And he's, like, saying he's sorry. And they actually, like, make love for, like. Oh, yeah. They're just, they want to be there and enjoy each other. And there's this line where she says she feels open to him in a way that she never has before because he knows now. He knows everything that she has been guarding and he's still looking at her like she's the most magical thing he's ever seen in a world full of supernatural creatures. And I'm like, that's, that's my favorite. I just, I absolutely love that scene. And it's just, it's so pivotal too for the conversation that comes after where Styles is like, okay, we've been kind of going around in circles about this. And I just want to let you know that I'm ready when you are and I am all in, you know, like that's, that's kind of where that scene comes from is this this confession mm-hmm. it's, it's like two oh love goodness. declarations and like one wedding scene encounter whatever you want to call it and it's like so like i heart complications from like when lydia like mm-hmm. admits that she was in love with him until like the end of that um that wedding and i love that line where you said i like i'm ready because i have a quote of this like i want you so i'm ready I'm ready when you are. I haven't stopped waiting for you, and I'm not going to. When you want me, I'm all in. And it's like, my chips are on the table. Take me as I am when you're ready for me. And I'm like, Lydia, just do it. And I know she won't because, you know, it's Lydia. <laughs> yeah, you get, it's like, you know. You I get am all also emotion. <laughs> you get all the emotion of Lydia saying, I was in love with you. And then... They make love, and it's like this tacit, I still feel something so huge for you. And then Styles actually verbalizes it, saying that he's ready. And then the last line, I think, in that wedding is Lydia checks not attending on a wedding invitation that she receives. And then you just go, no! Lydia! Please! Seriously, it got like halfway down, and then... Um, Matt so, props to Styles though for for putting it out on the line oh and then allowing Lydia to make the choice. 
Yeah. It's like, you know what? I love you. And if you don't love me right now, I'll deal with it. <laughs> but I'll be here when you're ready. You know? Yeah. The fact that he he trusts her enough with his heart to really admit how he's feeling and to, I think, deep down know that eventually she'll come around is really important. It's the perfect blending of where he started with shouting how much he loved Lydia Martin in season one every few seconds and to where he is now, which is sort of this closed off, doesn't know where to go because he still likes Lydia, but does Lydia even feel a little bit about him that way? But in, like you said, in this fic, he's just like, cards on the table, you know what I'm thinking. Call me if you want to get dealt in. Hey. <laughs> it's a quiet love. Like, it's so, it's still so strong, but it's quiet. And it's just, waits. Oh. So, then the oh. wedding that Lydia initially, initially said no to is revealed to be between Sheriff Stalinsky and Mama McCall. Yeah. And let me just say, before I knew Rachel, when I was just reading this fic, I knew I hated her because of this intense suspense that is in the first few paragraphs of this wedding because you're thinking, holy shit, which, who's getting married here? You're not saying, are you being dodgy for a reason? You (laughs) bitch. (laughs) I I definitely, like, heart palpitations, this is where it started for me because I was like, oh my god, oh my god. What's happening? Is it happening? Is it not happening? And in the end, it was fine. But holy shit, you bitch. (laughs) You didn't have to have, like, a whole drama of that stuff. Don't bury her! (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) So for those of you playing at home, Rachel just burst in to say that I was totally (laughs) right. And Speak Now definitely inspired this fic. And she was playing it during this wedding. And uh, so I'm just going to read real quick this this part that made me think of Speak Now, which is Lydia. Uh, Really, I'm not perfect. I know that I'm damaged, and I know that parts of you are damaged because of me. But seeing you with her tonight and not seeing you for all these past few months, just, I don't care if you bring her to weddings. Just don't marry her. And then Styles says, don't marry her. Okay, give me three reasons why not. Without thinking about it, Lydia stretches up on her tiptoes so that she can whisper in his ear, Style Stalinsky, I'll give you one. <laughs> and then my heart burst into many little pieces. <laughs> Could you imagine like what Styles must have been feeling in that moment when she's basically saying, I will marry you after like he's just wanted some kind of like Affirm- like confirmation that like what is happening is real and she's literally saying I'm going to devote my life to you if you want me to so oh my goodness it's the, the sheriff and Melissa's wedding is very short but it's very very sweet in what it gives you in terms of an emotional well, the beginning of an emotional res- resolution because then in the final wedding we get the moment you've all been waiting for Styles and Lydia get married and then I'm pretty sure all of us were sobbing when I read this the first time the the last wedding was not maybe my favorite it was probably like number three but now that I reread it again and I have been married now (laughs) everyone go tell saving Skiles that she's beautiful as a bride and always because she is 
<laughs> but now that um, I've gone through it and I've, I've I've experienced it, this wedding is probably the most true because we get to see it through Lydia's eyes and actually experiencing it herself. And I actually this the this fic in was one of the reasons why I decided to have a fan ceremony at my wedding. <laughs> and oh my also, god! Yeah, <laughs> I had the idea, but I wasn't sure. Um, anyway, and then this, there's something that she, Rachel captures just so perfectly in this fic, uh, in the end here. Um, it's, it's this feeling of you, you see this person that you are in love with, but you can't, you can't see them until the moment that you're going to dedicate your lives to each other. And so you miss them so much in this little amount of time that you haven't seen them because there's so much buildup and so much anticipation and then you can't really say anything to them. You can't ask them how their day is. You can't do any of this other than what you have to legally say. <laughs> so um, my favorite my favorite line in the entire fic is, by the time they get the rings on, she is sick of communicating only with her eyes. She wants to ask him how his day has gone and whether Scott has cried yet. And if he remembered to feed the dog before they left the house this morning. As fairytale as this entire thing is, the fact that they have an, a light outside of the dress that she is wearing and the tuxedo that Styles is in makes Lydia's heart beat faster. And for me, that was just so spot on because <laughs> it is exactly how I felt at my wedding. <laughs> because oh, the only no. thing you can, the only thing that you want to do is just tell them how like you, you want to know everything about the day you want to know every like you want to know every little detail about what has happened since you have seen them last and you can't and so it's 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 nauseating but it's so I don't even know how to properly describe it and it was just it really resonated me reading it again down like refreshing it because I wouldn't have known that the first time I'd read it so it's just Rachel I don't know how you <laughs> you captured that <laughs> But somehow you did, and I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And I feel like there's really nothing else that we can add as interpretation to that. <laughs> I was not prepared to host a podcast and for it to get this real. <laughs> so to close out, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of passage that talks about the slant because I feel as though that is very symbolic of. Styles and Lydia's relationship and what you kind of go through with them in this fic. Uh, Lydia lifts her jar of sand and Styles lift his and they pour them together until the grains are no longer distinguishable. Styles likes it because it's symbolic and Lydia agrees, but it's not symbolic of their wedding. It is symbolic of who they are and who they have become. What they have been inching towards since they met each other years ago. Who she is has always been the person that Styles has allowed her to be. And as she watches the granules of sand vanish into each other, she knows with absolute certainty that she will never have to pretend again. Never have to pretend or feel unimportant or uncared for. There's no way to separate one person's jar of sand from the other. No possible way to pull them apart. And you guys, that emotional journey that has left <laughs> many of us in tears, and maybe you as well, has been StudioCast's discussion of Move Like You're Stolen by Writer Girl 8, also known as Ron Gasm, also known as our beloved founder, Rachel. Be sure to check out a soon-to-be-coming interview between Rachel, MadGrad2011, and 
Rachel Rongasm. <laughs> that will also be available on the StudioCast Tumblr. For one final time in this episode, my name is Rachel, and you can find me at It's Always Lydia on Tumblr. I'm Corey, and I am saving Skiles on Tumblr. I'm Maggie, and you can find me at Restrictmagic on Tumblr. And I am also Rachel, and you can find me at MadGrad2011 on Tumblr. At StidiaCast, we review and discuss our favorite Cydia fix. If you enjoy the fic as much as we did, be sure to leave the author some love and encouragement. You can find us on Tumblr at the URL StidiaCast or on Twitter at Cydia underscore cast. A huge thank you to our editor, Rosemary, Row Your Boat on Tumblr, for making this possible, and to you, our listener, for tuning into this episode. See you next time.